All right. Thank you. Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving week or weekend or whatever you want to call it. It's just been such a great week. I hope that you got to enjoy a week of just, you know, eating Thanksgiving food or watching football or going shopping or whatever, just sleeping on the couch. I hope you enjoyed this week of just gratitude and you're just thankful for all the things that God has done and all the blessings that are in your life. I know I did. And I got to host Thanksgiving this year with, for the first time with my in-laws. That was really cool. Uh, and I'm just, I'm really thankful. I'm, I, as Peter said, I, I'm the student pastor, one of our student pastors here. And it is just, uh, it's a blessing to be able to do what I get to do. And I figured to start today off, you probably don't know much about me. So I thought I would just list off some things that maybe I'm thankful for. And that way you can kind of get to know me in the meantime. So uh, obviously I am the student pastor. So I'm thankful for my job. I got a picture of our student ministry. Uh, These are our students from camp last year. Yeah, it was a blast. We took a lot of kids and uh, camp is amazing. It's a place of life transformation. It is a place of healing. Uh, It is an awesome, awesome week. Uh, I say it's the best week of the year. It's so fun. Uh, but shameless plug, our next big student event is actually in February. It's a weekend retreat for 7th through 12th grade. It is Super Bowl weekend. So we'll, we'll get everybody out Sunday morning on time to go watch the Chiefs or, well, yeah, you know what I mean. Anybody. It could be a Cowboys, right? Cowboys. Let's just hope for a Cowboys Chiefs. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it'll be such a fun weekend. And if you want to get signed up for that, you can do so. And we'd love to have you. And if you don't come to our student ministry hangouts, which is every Sunday from 7:15, from 6:15 to 8:15, uh, we invite you. I hope that you come. It's a great place to be known and to get to know others, and it's just a, a really fun time. So don't come tonight because we're doing something a little different tonight. But next week, come check it out if you're a seventh through twelfth grader. We would love to have you. Now, as I hosted for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I've noticed that, you know, when you host, it's kind of messy, you know, like you got a lot of people at your house and that that table after Thanksgiving meal, like that is when the table is the dirtiest, you know, and it's usually because you're pulling up chairs and chairs and like chairs between chairs that are always there and chairs that aren't supposed to be there. You're pulling up. So you've got food just everywhere. Your your <laughs> moms know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like the, the sink is full of dishes. The stove is a mess. There's just, it's messy. And then I realized, so I'm also thankful for my family. Um, I have a picture of my family as well. I realized that you throw kids into this mix. And these are some of my kids and my wife. This is Peyton, my wife, and our oldest there is Berkeley. And our middle is Remy. And then we have one on the way. Um, he is going to be here in March. Yes, so if you're excited for that. Uh, <laughs> we like to tell people, we're not crazy, we're just stupid. All right? Like... It's, you know, it's a blessing and we're so excited to have our third on the way. But kids are a mess, you know, like I didn't think that I I, I didn't think it could be. I'm a slob. okay? I was a slob before I met my wife and then I realized I was a slob. But then you throw kids into it. I mean, it's messy. They're messy. Everything is a mess. I've accepted the fact that I'm going to be cleaning for the rest of my life. Like I get it. Like now that's my life. But I'm really hopeful this holiday season. I don't know about you, but there's just something about this holiday season. The last few have been really strange and weird and different. And there's just something about this, this coming holiday season. I'm just really excited. I, I have a, a different energy this year. And I'm, really, I'm ready for it. 
but what I've come to notice these last few years is that, you know, outside of our kitchen table and our kids, I think we're pretty messy too as, as dads and moms, as parents, as friends, like as adults, we're messy. You know, we mess up relationships. We make mistakes. We, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I should just say life is messy, right? We, we have a very messy life. And part of the reason that I went into student ministry is I love to walk alongside teenagers who have a really, really hard time, right, as teenagers and get to walk alongside them in their mess. Um, Because I don't think there's a greater gift than to have someone walk alongside you in your mess. And that's why I love doing what I do. And I I enjoy getting to do it. One of the things that... uh, I'm thankful for is our church. Uh, so I'm, I'm from Kansas. That's why I'm a Chiefs fan. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful. I mean, people laugh at Kansas because it's like there's nothing there except the Chiefs now. So, um, but I am, I'm thankful for uh, being here in North Dallas. We both moved, my wife and I moved here about five years ago in January. And one of the things that we are very just blessed with and thankful for is our church. We love, and I, I don't just say that. Because I'm on staff here. I really, truly love our church. Um, we're in a church that believes that we want to inspire others to follow Christ. And we want to do that through just uh, unconditional love and crazy, unexpected love that's given to others. And if you didn't know, this last uh, couple weeks ago, um, we took over a, a local pantry. Um, uh, long story short, we just heard that there was a need and we took over this pantry and we're going to change the name. We're going to call it Local Good Pantry and we're getting ready to do a lot of changes to it. But it was kind of an overnight thing. And so for our staff meeting last week, we decided, you know what, we're going to go serve at the Local Good Pantry for our staff meeting. And so uh, I encourage you, if you haven't got a chance yet, uh, if you want to serve as a family this holiday season, there's a lot of help need and there's a lot of help needed there. Um, go serve as a family. It's such a fun experience. The local Good Pantry is such a cool uh, place that they're feeding. A, uh, we are feeding a lot of people now, and it's just a really a big, huge ministry that's in need over there in, in, in our Richardson community. So I, I love our church. I love where we're at. Um, but a couple weeks ago, Jeff Jones was giving our, our head pastor. He was giving a message about rebranding Christianity to a generation that has kind of a a marred view of what it means to be a Christ follower. Uh, they don't necessarily know what it means to be a Christian. Maybe there's like a skewed version of Christianity that's everyone's kind of seeing. And how do we, as Christ followers, how do we rebrand this, what people think being a Christian is? We want to show people what it actually means to love one another and, and follow Christ with our lives and, and our hearts. And he asked a question. He said, how much is the faith of the next generation worth? And as someone who works for the next generation, I believe in the next generation. Uh, and if you didn't know, the, the, the needle is not trending towards Christianity for our next generation. Um, it's actually going probably the other way. Um, we live in a post-Christian society now, which means there are less Christians in the majority um, in our population. And so we have a lot of work to do for our next generation. Um, there's a lot of people that are needing to know who Christ is and need to know the goodness of God. And, and I think if I was going to do anything in my message today for you, I, I just think I want to give you some encouragements. And I believe after 
I, listen, I've been, in, I've been in ministry, student ministry, for 10 years now. That's a long time to be putting up with teenagers. You know what I'm saying? And, and honestly, they probably put up with me. If you were to ask them, they, they probably put up with me more than I put up with them. But 10 years is a long time, and I love it. And one thing that I've learned and seen is that parents are the biggest influencers on our next generation. And I think part of that is because of you know, the numbers. You spend more time with your parents than anyone else that you spend time with. But I also think there's another part to being a parent that I think we all can learn from. Because parenting at its heart is truly loving someone else. It's truly putting someone else's needs before yours, right? I mean, that's love. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you some encouragements of how to parent, all right? Now, hear me out, okay? Some of you aren't parents. Some of you are single, and that's not even in your, like, brain yet, all right? Some of you, maybe that's not in your story, or wherever you might be, I believe that everyone has to parent at times. I really do believe this. And here's why, here's why I believe this, okay? Think about any friend group that you've ever been in, all right? In that friend group, you have someone who is usually corralling the group, right? They're usually the one that's checking in on someone's, you know, after something hard or difficult happened. Maybe someone's feelings were hurt. Or maybe someone, they need reeled back in because they're about to do something really stupid. That's a parent. And that person in the group is called the blank of the group, right? They're called the mom of the group. They're called maybe the dad of the group. And I think that that role can change and that role moves. So even, yes... Even our eight-year-olds have to parent the toddlers during Thanksgiving week, right? All of us have to parent. And I think that maybe, maybe if you want to, it makes you feel better. Maybe you have to sub like influence for the word parent. We all have to influence others, right? And I, and I honestly think that it's our responsibility to take care of one another. Jesus told us this. When someone asked him, what's the most important thing you can do to love God, right? And in Matthew 22, Jesus says, well, it's, it's simple. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And if our neighbor, by definition, is those around us, then the next generation is right behind us. And I firmly believe it's going to take us to take care of the next generation, the next generation is not going to be the ones that need to help themselves. No, no, no. I think it's all the generations before the next generation need to help the next generation. Because no matter what, every generation, whether we want to admit it or not, we need the generations before us. We might laugh at them. We might make fun of them. We might call them boomer. But if you haven't heard that yet, talk to your kids. But we need them. We truly do. And I think that's godly. So, happy Thanksgiving and congratulations. You're all now parents. All right? Congratulate the person next to you. It happens overnight. It really does. Like, just like that, all of a sudden you're a parent. If you, listen, if you want to send someone a card, that's always great. Uh, if you're worried about gifts, just go with diapers. All right? Don't worry. Like, <laughs> diapers are always great. Just go with diapers. But all, all kidding aside, I think... Uh, I think all of us have to parent, and I think we all can take some really valuable things of how to parent in our lives. Whether you use it down the line, or maybe you're working with someone now. Maybe you need to volunteer and help out the next generation. Maybe God's calling you to that. 
But today, before I start giving some encouragements from a youth pastor, let me just uh, let me start with this that I think we all have to start with. And I think it's humility. I've been around a lot of great leaders. I've been around a lot of great pastors and I've been around a lot of great parents. And one of the commonalities that I've seen in all of them is that they're all humble. They all have a humility. They're willing to learn and they're willing to grow. And I believe if you're not willing to be humble and grow and learn, then you'll never learn and grow. And which kind of brings me to my first encouragement today, which is be willing to change and adapt. If we're going to parent and help the next generation, whether it's our kids or just your friends, maybe you're in your 20s and you're just needing to help someone along with life decisions, I think we need to be willing to learn and adapt. Uh, one of my pastors, who's also a mentor of mine, I think he modeled this really well. He See, he's a dad of teenagers, and he was explaining, he was just honest, and he was telling what he was learning in the season that he was in. And he was going from you know being a dad of toddlers on up, you basically become a teacher, Right? You're just teaching your kids everything. You're solving problems for them all the time. It's like, hey, this is how you walk. And hey, this is what you eat. And this is what you don't eat. And this is also what you don't eat. And please get that out of your mouth. Like, that's what we're constantly teaching our kids. And so, some of you will understand this. Uh, one day, your cute, amazing little kids, something happens to them. And all of a sudden, they start rolling their eyes at you. And... And then they're like, oh, great. Dad's going to give another lecture. Or, oh, great. Mom's got her mom voice out. And because the honest truth is they're changing. We're all changing, right? We're all getting into different seasons of life. And teenagers naturally want to become more independent. And they want to solve their own problems. And so he was just explaining that maybe he needed to change from maybe a teacher mindset to more of a consultant mindset. Where instead of just solving an issue right away... He needed to just listen and maybe give advice when asked. And I thought that was super valuable. I thought that was a really great way to change and adapt to how to communicate with his teens. He didn't change parenting. He didn't stop creating boundaries. He didn't do all the things that you need to do as a good parent. But he did change how he could communicate. And he adapted to it. Maybe so they could hear him and so that um, they could, she, he could hear them and they could hear him. And I think all of us could learn something from just being willing to change and adapt. Uh, I know that some of us, like pre-parents, we're the worst about deciding what we're going to do before it comes. You know, like maybe we decide we're not going to do any screen time. You know, Uh, I now have a screen in my car. All right. I'm just going to admit it. It helps out every once in a while. Uh, Maybe you like we wanted to do like no processed foods, whole foods only. Um, Listen, goldfish are a miracle, people. Okay, but all all joking aside, and I'm not knocking if you use those or if you don't use those. Okay, but what I am saying is sometimes we need to be willing to change and adapt some of our thoughts and and our our ways of going about things. Um, I want to look at a guy who had to parent a lot. I think we can take some really good uh, uh, notes from a guy who had to parent people all the time. And that guy is Moses. All right. If you think about Moses, he had to deal with... (laughs) Parenting adults all the time, right? His, his people that he had to lead, they were always constantly rebelling. They're always fighting with each other. They're always complaining. I mean, that sounds like parenting to me, right? And so we're going to look in Deuteronomy today and I, and he's going to give some parenting advice that I want us to take. So, uh, I know this is parenting advice because in verse two, he says, he says this, 
Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. So let me give you some context about what he's getting ready to do. He's getting ready to give some advice. and I'm calling it parenting advice, but really it's kind of life advice of why they should follow God. Uh, and in verses 2 through 7, he kind of summarizes all the good things that had happened to them. And he's very specific, right? He talks about God bringing them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And he, he talks specifically about the Red Sea being parted and them being freed from their enemy. He talks about a bunch of good things that happen. But he also talks about some bad things that happen too. Now, God rectified these situations. God, obviously, they, they turned back to God. But I think what I want to point out here is Moses is very specific in his reminders because I believe leaders are repeaters. And for whatever reason, we have to be repeatedly told something for it to stick. There's probably a wife in here that's nudging her husband right now that's like, hey, how come I have to repeat myself all the time? Because we don't get it, all right? (laughs) But we have to all be repeatedly told something for it to really truly stick i think that's why we gather weekly because we need to be constantly reminded of god's mercy and god's grace in our lives that's a great reminder and we need it and so verse 13 he kind of sums up his commands he's giving these people a commands because they're getting ready to go into a really hard season of life all right it's kind of like when you sit the family down and you're like all right kids Mom's having a really, she's going to be having a really hard time this next year, okay? Now, you don't do those things that you always do that make her mad, okay? Like, don't do that thing you did last week, all right? Like, I'm picturing like a family meeting, right? Before they're getting ready to go into a hard season. And, and Moses is giving some advice uh, to these people. And uh, basically, they're getting ready to go to the promised land, which is a land that God had promised to them. And it's a land of, you know, milk and honey and all these great, I guess to maybe make that relative today, it's a land of like cheap land value where we can go um, if you're from North Texas and you know what I'm talking about. But he's, he's basically telling them that we're getting ready to go into a hard season and I'm going to give you some tips. All right. And essentially, he sums all of it into verse 13. This is the greatest command and really jesus actually references this every israelite who ends up coming after this they're referencing this command and he says this so if you faithfully obey the commands i am giving you today to love the lord your god and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul he continues on the next few verses explaining that god will take care of us we're going in his will and we're going to be going where we need to go and we'll be okay and i think what happens for me a lot is I get so stuck in the crisis by crisis, the day by day. When you have kids and babies and toddlers, sometimes just leaving the house is a battle. I mean, things are being thrown, right? Like voices are being raised. I get so caught up in the day-to-day battle that I forget to put God in the forefront of everything. And honestly, he even, he even gives some warnings about don't put idols in front of you either. Be careful, you'll be enticed to put idols. Sometimes I put idols before things. When I get caught up in the day-to-day and the crisis by crisis, all of a sudden I'm a little more worried about things like me time, right? As a, as a young parent, oh, me time. And don't get me wrong, there is a time and place for me time. But sometimes those things can overtake. I, I get short with my family. I'm like, man, I deserve some more me time. Or maybe it's screen time. Man, that's a tough, like, that's a tough one for all of us. What are the things 
as I'm learning to change and adapt, what are the things that are becoming idols in, our, in my family? In your 20s and 30s. I remember when I was single and I was in my 20s, like, what do you, what do you want to be known for? Maybe, maybe the question is, what do I want to be known for? And so my next encouragement is this. I think as we're learning to change and adapt, I would like to encourage us to check our priorities in each season as they change. Check your priorities. Because maybe you're, you know, you're in a season of your 20s and your 30s and you, need, you want others to, like, what am I known for? How, and, and what do we, and let's just say this, maybe you're in your, your young parent and you need to check your priorities. You don't have a lot of free time as a young parent, right? As little kids. So maybe my, maybe I need to check my priorities and maybe I could spend some time with God in the middle of the night when I'm up all night. March is coming for me and I'm going to be really tired, but I know I can check my priorities in that season and that's only for a season. Maybe your kids are getting older. And you want to check your priorities and you want to decide, man, what do I want my kids to know that we stand for as a family? What do I want them to know my priorities are? That's a great question to ask. Um, As your kids are getting out of adulthood, let me just say, as a 32-year-old, we will always need our parents. You will never stop needing the generation before you. Your time is not ever done as a parent. You'll always need to help, help out the next generation. And what do we check our priorities with? Well, obviously Moses said it here. It's the greatest commandment, right? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. If I'm going to check my priorities in every season, I can always go back to this. You can never go wrong with how am I looking at uh, everything in my life to love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul. And that brings me to my, my next encouragement. And it's as you are learning to change and adapt and as you are, are uh, checking your priorities... I think, I think the next one is we need to embrace the mess. Life is messy. We are messy. Seasons are messy. Some seasons for us are going to be harder than others. Some are going to be easier. But I think if we embrace the mess, if we embrace the journey, I think we can do a lot of really cool things for the next generation. Whether you're alongside the next generation, you're helping friends through life decisions, whether you're a young parent, whether you're an old parent, Wherever you are, I, uh, I had a baseball coach. I played college baseball in a Christian, little Christian school uh, for three years. And as you can tell by my physical demeanor that I was a very uh, intimidating, I'm just kidding, I'm short, okay. <laughs> I, I was just a left-handed pitcher, okay, then that just tried to throw, make people hit ground balls. But uh, we had a coach named Coach Kelly. And he gave some really good advice that I think... It embodies to embrace the mess. Uh, And what he told us, we were all freshmen and we were getting ready to go into uh, the regular season. Now, in high school, uh, college, your season gets a lot longer in baseball. And so it's a very physically demanding season. It's long, but it's also mentally demanding. Baseball is a game of failure. And essentially what he he sat us down and he's like, listen, all of you, before we start the season, I need you all to embrace the suck. And we were like... What? And he said, you need to embrace the suck. The season is long. It is hard. It is, it's going to have a lot of failures. It's going to have a lot of successes. And essentially what he was explaining is in, in baseball, you have streaks and you have slumps, right? And a, what a good player will do is they'll extend their streaks and they'll shorten their slumps. And what he was explaining is in a long season, you're going to have slumps no matter what. 
in baseball, they're going to happen. But if you know that they're going to come and you understand that I'm not going to get too high in my highs, but I'm not going to get too low in my lows, you can get out of those slumps faster. And so maybe for us, if we're going to embrace the mess, whatever season you're in, I know for me, I wish I would have just embraced my 20s when I was single and I was worried about when, when and where I was going to meet my spouse and what I was going to do for a career. I wish I would have just embraced the season I was in. I think I would have probably, I think I would have probably invested in my friendships a little more intentionally. I think my faith would have probably been a little more prevalent with my friendships. As young parents, man, I think, I think you're going to have some hard times at night, but you will make it. As parents, maybe, you, can I just say something to our empty nesters? I was thinking about, I think about this often now that I'm a, I'm a young, like a parent of young ones. I'm like, there's a thought that creeps into your mind because I'm tired all the time, you know? And I think when my kids are gone and out of the house, man, maybe I can just coast, you know? Like I can sleep at night and everyone knows that this is so not true. <laughs> but let me just say something to empty nesters. I don't think it's time to coast, If anything, it is time for you to go. You have something to give the next generation that nobody else can because you have wisdom that only life can give you. In 10 years of student ministry, some of the best small group leaders that I've ever seen have been empty nesters. You have something to give the next generation. Your time is not done. There are places where you're needed There are things that you can do to impact the next generation tremendously. Your time is just beginning. I had a leader, one of my my small group leaders, she's also a grandma. And we were giving kind of parenting advice around the circle. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. I think she understands what embrace the mess means. She She said this, she said, not all good things are good. Not all bad things are bad. You can learn from all the things that happen to you. And I just, I love that when we embrace the mess, we can lean on God in the hard seasons and we can stay with God in the, in the good seasons, but we know that God is always there. I think if we do these things, if, if we embrace the mess, if we check our priorities, if we change and adapt and, and we start all this with humility, I truly believe we can start moving the needle for our next generation. I truly believe that. Uh, if, if you have kids or if you're just ever worried about the next generation, they're dealing with things that we've never had to deal with. Um, there's an author by the name uh, of Mandy Majors, uh, and she wrote a book called uh, uh, Keeping Kids Safe in a Digital World. And I love what she says in this book because she gives basically advice to help this next generation that's living in a digital world because they're getting information all the time from everywhere, the good and the bad. And you can't really hide from it because their friends probably have all the information. And so what I, basically what I love, uh, she came and talked at Chase Oaks a couple uh, months ago just to help with parents and give us some resources. And she said something about the car that I loved. And I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But she basically talked about how Sometimes our our next generation, as parents, when you're a good parent, sometimes you're just walking alongside them in the mess. 
And I think that's what our next generation needs the most. And so the last thing I want to I want to encourage us with is I think we need to talk the talk. I think when you embrace the mess, when you live in it, you embrace the mess. And when you're living in it, I think you talk about it. And so I think for us, if we can all come together and we can be reminded that we need to talk the talk, because when you live in it, God changes you. God molds you. It's inevitable. Right. And, and I think when we live in it and we start talking the talk, I think our kids start hearing us talk about what God's doing in our lives. I think talking the talk is doing what Moses did and, and saying, man, God did this for me. And it was such a big deal in our life. Or, you know what? I made a huge mistake. God's been teaching me that I need to work on this. And I apologize. I learned more from my dad when he apologized than I ever did when he would sit down and, and give me a lecture, if that makes sense. I learned from him doing things. I learned from him talking about things. And I think the how, right? If we're going to check our priorities, if we're going to talk the talk, how do we do this for our next generation? How do, we, how do we parent well? And I think Moses says this in verse 19. He says, take all these things that I'm teaching you. He says, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. It's when you go. Anytime you go, we should be talking the talk around our kids. We should be talking about what God is doing. We should be talking about the, the, the things that God is teaching us. Maybe if you're, uh, you know, you're younger, maybe that's just talking with a friend about your faith. And maybe you have someone around you that doesn't really know much about God. It doesn't have to be over spiritual. It doesn't have to be in your face. It can just be honest about what God is helping you through in life. Maybe as, as parents, maybe it's talking about what God is doing. Maybe it's what we heard on a Sunday morning in the message and our kids are listening in. I'll give one last story that I think, I think this uh, says the most about the next generation listening. Uh, we went on a mission trip to uh, Nashville a couple years ago. And the highlight for one of our teenagers, which was to my surprise, uh, was riding in the van because as we were riding in the van on our way to our location, we drove all day. Their highlight was listening to a small group leader and myself talk about our faith. And listen, I wasn't being Mr. Like student pastor of the year. Like I'm being intentional with my time here. Okay. I was just shooting the breeze with another leader and we were talking about life and talking about our faith. Because I think if we do all these things, I think we can start moving the needle. And it's not necessarily talking to our kids and sitting them down once a week and trying to give them, you know, the, the good meeting talk, the family talk. All right. As a student pastor, let me just encourage you. That's the most intimidating thing for a teenager to sit in front of your parents and try to ask questions. <laughs> but the car. Think about the car when you're facing the other direction, you're, you're, you're driving and it's a great place for teens, for kids to ask questions. I think about all the times in the car when I've had amazing conversations about faith and about life. Kids ask really good questions in the car. And I think it's important for us to listen, not jump to that. Hey, here's what, here's what you're asking. Maybe I think if we talk about our faith around them, they're going to listen. They're always listening. Teenagers have a funny way of listening when you think they're not. And let me just say real quick before we end up. Here's what talking to talk is not. Talking to talk is not saying one thing and doing another at home. That's going to have the adverse effect for our next generation. We need to obviously live it out. We need them to see what God does. Because I think when they see us talking about 
the mistakes we've made and they see God molding us. I think our friends make changes. I think our kids will be inspired to follow Christ. So as we get ready to, uh, to sing one more song together, I want to encourage you. This song is called Firm Foundation. Uh, and I think, we all, I think we all have one thing to point back to, and that's Jesus Christ. He is our firm foundation. If we're going to talk the talk, we talk about Christ. We talk about loving him with all of our hearts and with all of our souls and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And firm foundation is all about how Jesus won't fail. He will not fail us. He will not fail your kids. He will not fail you. I think all of us together can help this next generation. And during this song, just ask God, what, what is it that you want me to do in this next season? Whether it's a season of life with your kids or maybe it's just this holiday season. What is God calling on me to do in this next season? Because he's got amazing things in store for, for our kids and for us. And as you walk out today, I want to give you a reminder. It's free. You can grab one on your way out. It's just a little sticker. And it's just for you. It's not really one of those stickers like, like looks cool. But it's just a little reminder for you. You can put it, I, I picture maybe on the inside of your windshield, like next to your registration or something, where every time you get into your car, you see the, you see the talk, the talk. And it's just a little subtle reminder of, man, am I being intentional with my car time, with my friends, with my kids, with my spouse? I think that would be a great reminder for us in this holiday season. So let's pray and I'll invite the band as we get ready to sing this last worship song together. God, just uh, thank you for all the blessings in our life. Thank you for the next generation. Thank you for blessing us with this wonderful, beautiful life that we get to help the next person find you, Jesus. You are the greatest gift that we've all received. And I just pray as we get ready to go out to this next week, as we jump back into the rhythm of school and life and work, that we all would just seek you and what you're calling us to do and look at our priorities and change and adapt to every situation that ultimately you would be glorified in all things. We love you and we praise you. Amen.